Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. I'm Colm Cronin and I am joined today by Raider Hater, uh, but perhaps somewhat deflated after uh, the uh, the game on Sunday evening. Stuart, I feel like this could be September 2022 but instead it's September 2023 the Broncos lose their opening game of season 17-16 to a hated rival how are you doing you've given me a lot of um you've described me in lots of different ways to start the program over the last few weeks Colin and I, I I've struggled to to live up to any of them because you've you've really given me you know you build me up but uh I think disgruntled is the best way of describing me at the moment um I I was very very disappointed, particularly in the second half. I thought there were there were some signs that Russell Wilson in particular looked like he might be. And I mean, let's you know keep everything sort of you know like a lot of Broncos fans at the moment. We're trying to keep things on the level here. Um, but I I thought there were signs that Russell Wilson at least looked like he he could get back to flashes of his old self. Um, and then pretty much like the entire offense in the second half disappeared completely. Um, I just think, Colin, this is, you know, the, the way that, the, look, it's week one, obviously you don't want to go into hot take city, but I think if you, if you can look at the, this, it seemed more like a continuation of last year than a fresh start. And I think we'd all hope for a fresh start. Look, Colin, you said it in last week's program. I agree. Nobody's expecting this team to make a deep run to the playoffs. Um, but we are expecting something approaching, um, a competently run and executed football team and and you know it's like we still look like we're some distance away from that there are other factors of play here which we'll touch on i imagine later on in the program but uh yeah that that was really not the way to start the new season and certainly not the way to start uh sean payton's reign a, a real damp squib uh you know and i think most broncos fans um, apart from some of the delusional ones um, that unfortunately seem to be some of the loudest on Twitter or whatever the hell it's called these days. Um, most Broncos fans, I think, were really let down by the way that game sort of petered out. And, um, you know, obviously we're, it's early in the season. It's still great to have football back. 
But when you compare it to some of the other um, phenomenal games that were going on at the same time as ours, uh, you know, it was it, it it's a difficult was a difficult one to sort of sit through. Um, and you know, sorry to say, Carl, but yet again, we're kind of boring. We're kind of a boring football team. Really, not much to get excited about at the moment. Um, and you know, week one in the season. <laughs> You know, after all that tough work we put in in the offseason, you and I desperately trying to get to, to get, get the podcast through those fallow periods just kind of really left me kind of feeling like, Bleh. okay, here we go again. Week one, who knows what the next few weeks are going to hold, but you know that was not the way I think any of us wanted the season to start, regardless of whether or not it was against the Raiders. Obviously, that makes it even more unpalatable, but just in general, that was a really poor way to start the season. Yeah, I think disgruntled and and frustrated is a great way of describing it because and and boring. I think that's again what struck me. I, like, had the Broncos lost the game, you know, even if it was against against the Raiders, going to always annoy. But had the Broncos lost thirty seven thirty four or you know some something along those lines, had there been some explosive plays on offense and on defense, had there been anything to really get excited about, um, it, it would have felt very different. Now, maybe if the onside kick had actually come off, um, I, I, I'm, I was happy that Sean Payton started in that manner. But to me, the big piece then is you've got to continue to be aggressive throughout the rest of the game. And he didn't continue to, to do that. And you're right. Like it is week one, you don't want to throw the baby out with the the bat water, but you have to criticize where criticism is warranted. And this is a team that once again scored sixteen points, and it scored sixteen points against the the Raiders. Like this is a team who were widely projected to be one of the worst in the league, who have a head coach who's amongst favorites to get fired. The um. The, they struggle, particularly their secondary. Um, the, that Chandra Jones situation had played out all week. They were in disarray. And let's not forget, people love to talk about, you know, it was Sean Payton's first game, or they like to over the years point to the fact that, you know, the Broncos had different quarterbacks starting, uh, you know, and it was making their first appearance. But this was Jimmy Garoppolo's first game as a Raider. And, you know, the, that that to me, I suppose, it, there were so many of the same issues that we have seen over the, the past number of years crop up again and again. Yeah, it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett. We actually looked competent. We were, you know, we weren't in danger uh, with the, the play clock. Um, but nor did we at any point really look like we were going to have a breakout play. Uh, the, the offense struggled to, to have any sort of explosiveness through the air or on the ground. It was great to see Javante back, absolutely. But Stuart, when I saw Nick Cosimer yesterday, uh, you know, the, from the Athletic, put out that the Broncos had the lowest pressure rate of the 30 teams who won. Um, and having seen, um, you know, the, the, the Bills-Jets game last night, I would say the Broncos are still the, the lowest and that was the fact despite the fact that the Broncos blitzed on o- over 41% uh, 
uh, of, of the time, the third highest rate in the league. So they're bringing pressure, but they're not getting pressure. And and that, I think, is enormously concerning. And this is a team who struggled last year after uh, moving on from Bradley Chubb. I think I you could understand the decision to get a first for, for Bradley Chubb at the time. But what has this team done to address um we're hoping against hope that Randy Gregory is somehow going to deliver. Frank Clark has come in at, at the end of, of his career. But as a, you know, from looking at the game, like just to dig into it a little bit more, what were some of, you know, your, your biggest frustrations uh, from the, the loss against the Raiders? You touched on a couple of them there, Colin, and I think, I think you're spot on. Like, we spoke last week about how Derek Carr had, you know, been able to to um to negate our pass rush in in very good defenses that we had over the years, um by getting an incredibly quick release. Um, Jimmy G didn't need to do that last week. You know, when we had we had mused if he was going to try and use the same tactic, he didn't need to. Jimmy G could have got a pair of slippers on, could have sparked a pipe. And could have taken out a newspaper and sat back there for all the pressure Mark was got on. I think we had one quarterback hit in the entire game, which was Mike Purcell. And um, that's astonishing. And as you said, it wasn't like Franz Joseph didn't try. He blitzed 40% of the time, which is a very, very high rate, a blitz rate for the NFL. Um, you know, I, I like, and the, the worrying thing for me, Colin, is I think the lack of explosive plays on offense has been an issue for a while. I do think, you know, the, the clear passenger interference on Cortland Sutton would have been an, a nice explosive play ha- had the cornerback not, you know, clearly held him back. Um, I think Jerry Judy coming back can help with those explosive plays because he does have the ability to break them. Um, there's nobody coming back on defense that's going to help um, fix that problem, Colin. It's not like we're desperately waiting for a key starter to return from injury. Um we aren't so kind of what we have is 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 you know and we're not it's not like we're going to make yet another well god i mean we seem to love trading away first round picks because you know hey what do you need first round picks for that uh, kind of everything if the state of the broncos roster is anything to go by i mean i do think colin part of the the issue as well is that there are games that um you know past unfortunately john elway in a negative light occasionally and it, it pains us to say it because we were both huge fans but you know, there is a clear dearth of talent on that roster. And I think it's time to embrace the fact that we have caught up any number of these Broncos players over the last couple of years, and they have not delivered. And they have had ample opportunity to deliver, and they have not done this. And um, there's not a great deal of talent on that roster. Um, and I, I, one of the things that I was I was watching the game, Colin, and this kind of is, is the frustrating thing for me, is that most of the game I was kind of going, my God, the Raiders are really terrible. They're a really poor team. They don't have a great deal of talent and they don't look in any way well coached and they're sloppy. They get penalized. Like the Raiders, there was a period of time where they couldn't get out of the way. They got the ball down, I think, to our one yard line. Garoppolo fumbled it. Then they had an illegal shift and they had a pass that was kind of underthrown. You know, they should have punched that in, got, you know, that should have been seven points all day long and managed to get three. So I spent most of the game kind of going, yeah, this is a really, really poor Raiders team. And then you'd kind of look at the scoreline and kind of go, why are we winning this game by three points? Um, you know, and to me again, Colin, the worrying thing is it wasn't like the Raiders dragged us down to their level, which is sometimes what can happen. Um, this is our level at the moment. Um, and I think we need to 
to there's something I think we need to address, Colin. We've kind of been hitting at this for the last few weeks. I think there is a deeply worrying lower of standards in Broncos country that I think is clearly reflected by the 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 seemingly blind defending of whatever performance Russell Wilson put out there that he's not the problem or, you know, Russell Pills played really well or it's a lack of this or it's a lack of that. And that to me smacks. And it's it, I, I'm sure there are American listeners of this kind of go, why do these two lads always bring it back to Manchester United? Manchester United were a trophy-winning behemoth of a club. And since Sir Alex Ferguson retired, their standards and the performances have slipped alarmingly. And I think... You know, obviously the Broncos don't have a Alex Ferguson figure who's retired, but we've had Pat Bowen and we had Peyton Manning both of whom left. Now, not at the same time, but, you know, they did leave not long after each other. And I think the Broncos' standards have slipped to an incredibly alarming rate to the point now where Russell Wilson passing for 177 yards, you know, is a very good performance. No, it's not. Not awful. It wasn't like Wilson blew the game. But in the second half, Colin, when you want your student to be $48 million a year quarterback to win the game for you, to will the game to you, he did nothing as per usual. When is the last time you've seen Russell Wilson drag this team, put this team on his back and go get that win in the last two minutes? I can barely remember what the Jags maybe in London. Is that the only time? You know, and then for me, like, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Colin, like, I, I think if you're a Chargers fan, for example, you're very frustrated because you lost, you know, uh, to a very, very good Dolphins team, let's be honest, and a very dangerous Dolphins team, at least you could take something going into it and go, wow, that was incredible. And, you know, we've got Justin Herbert, we do have some weapons, and yeah, maybe the defense needs to be a bit better. I take a 38-34 loss, uh, you know, against the Dolphins all day, every day on Sunday, instead of what we've got. You know, so I think there's a lot of issues with this Broncos team. I think there's been issues with this Broncos team for any number of years. I think a lot of it goes back to the reluctance of John Elway to admit that there was a total rebuild needed after Peyton Manning retired. So we've kind of been stuck in a kind of a limbo for a long time. I think uh, George Peyton did his best. He pulled the trigger on a mega trade. It doesn't look like it's worked. And despite what everybody keeps telling us every time you go onto social media that, you know, Russell's not the problem. But uh, as our friend Zach said earlier on uh, in his offseason, Russell Wilson is not the problem, but he is not the solution either. And I think that's where we need to start thinking about what we're looking at, uh, you know, this time next year. I don't want us to go out and make a, pass, a trade for a pass rusher because I want us to keep those first round picks, Colin. Because um, I think we, we have devalued them. And I think, I honestly think we are beginning to, I am, and it's not a major, you know, I I, I, I had hoped for, you know, a nine and eight season. You know, you're losing a hole against a really poor, really ordinary Raiders team. You know, nine and eight to me now looks like I could have been wildly optimistic. I think what kind of, you know, the, there are a number of things that stand out in terms of some of it is the hype, right, that, that has gone into the Broncos. Like the Broncos have Pat Sertan, who is an elite corner, but you know, th- th- that doesn't mean that he can do everything. And uh, like Mathis was absolutely awful and, and will be targeted throughout the season. And there were people who tried to tell you that this was an elite corner group. It's not an elite corner group. It's an elite corner. And we have an elite safety in Justin Simmons. We don't have an elite safety crew. And we got to see the 
the good and the bad of Kareem Jackson, right? A, a guy who obviously has a lot of football acumen, who can at times read a game very well. He gets the, the pick. But for every time Kareem makes a big play, you know you know there is a whopper coming later on where he's going to get a busted coverage or he's going to make a, 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 a stupid, unnecessary uh, roughing uh, call. Because he he's done it. We, I've, we have seen, I have seen with my own eyes him take his own players out of the gate. And ultimately, if what Kareem Jackson did to Jacoby Myers, if he said, um, you know, uh, if he did that, or if I'm sorry, if a if that was done to Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton by a Raiders defender, we would be frothing at the mouth, and rightly so, absolutely rightly so. So that that to me is is a piece, you know, the, the lack of discipline. I was I was very surprised by. Um, there was a number of, of that around the the league. I felt I thought the Steelers were very indisciplined. You've pointed out the Raiders were ill-disciplined, um, but. You know, and and yeah, sure, we are limited, but you saw what the Rams were able to do. And even, even the Colts, right? The Colts lost to the Jags. And I think that game is interesting because that's a game where the, the Jags looked to have it won. Then the Colts came back into it. And then the Jags, because they're a good team now, right, after years in the wilderness, they took the game again by the scruff of the neck and they willed themselves to victory. But the Colts came out of that thinking, well, Richardson needs to learn to protect himself, but ultimately, you know, he he looks like he can play a little bit. We've got to see, and they probably, you know, overachieved in terms of expectations. We now face into week two, right, against a a, a, a Commanders team who got a, a victory, really almost just about against a Cardinals team. Um, this is a Commanders team who gave up six sacks. We surely have to see the Broncos get pressure um, at the the weekend. Otherwise, uh, we're in real trouble. Yeah, I mean, and and like given the 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 sort of the teeth of the um, the schedule that's that's ahead of us, Colin. Like to me, this is already a must win game. If you go over to uh, two home games against the Raiders and the Commanders, then you know. I'm not saying the season's done, but like yeah, any chance of a playoff, even a wild card, is is toast already. Um, and it's not even that. I think it's you know you need the season, you need that, you need the train to leave the station, you need things to start to get rolling, so people can kind of get some enthusiasm behind them. Because you know we are playing the Dolphins in a couple of weeks, and um, you know 16 points is not going to you know that that's going to be. That's not going to get it done against the Dolphins. It may not even get it done against the Commanders, Colin. And um, you know, but I, I think we played these guys a couple of years ago, and it was a dire game and with no football played. I think it was Teddy. It was one of the in the heyday of Teddy Bridgewater, and um, when we were able to eke out wins. And um, I, I think this will be quite similar. One of the deeply worrying statistics, Colin, was that we are nine and one in one score games in, in the last. 10 one score games we've been involved in sorry we're, we're one and nine beg your pardon um that speaks uh you know i speak speaks volumes for i think unfortunately the character of the team you know i think to lose that many close games it, it shows that that when it really comes down to it either the defense which in fairness and i have been a big part of the defense for a long time 
But unfortunately, come the defense does now have a habit of not really being able to deliver what it counts most. I mean, so you get to this day, you kind of go and you're looking at the Broncos defense for three quarters, you go, wow, this is a brilliant unit. And, you know, these guys, they're really, really, you know, they're athletic and they cover and they get heat in the court. And then suddenly in the fourth quarter, when the game is on the line, they don't close the deal. Also, to be one and nine in the last 10 one score games suggests that your quarterback isn't up to it. Now, I don't know directly how many of those games Russell Wilson's been involved in. I think he's been involved in a few, though. Um, and I don't think that really is something that, you know, put that on a T-shirt um, at the start of the offseason. Um, but do you know what I mean? And I, and I think that, again, just is is indicative of, of where we are. Um, you know, like, I, I do think, Colin, it comes back to stuff that we spoke about earlier on in the summer that, I do think, as frustrating as it is, to me, this is a free hit of a season with Sean Payton unless the thing goes completely off the rails. Because I think this is not really his team yet. Um, it can't be, you know, he's only just here a few months. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, as you said, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bottle water just yet. I think he is still a very good head coach. And, you know, he probably had a little bit of rust as well. It's been a long time since he actually called the game too. Let's not forget that. Um, but, you, you know, it's... it's you, like I, there was stuff I saw the other day. It's like, oh, you know, it's the season over for the Giants, the season over for the Bengals. You know, it's the season over for um, can't remember the other team that that you know lost a game. But but you could go, yeah, but they're playoff teams last year. I mean, you know, the Giants almost by default. But like, you know, you have to look back and what teams have achieved. I know every season is a new season, Colin, but it's not like you know the roster has lost sixty five, seventy percent of its starters. It's largely the same as what it was last year. Let's be honest. So you can't ignore the fact this team has a habit of losing close games. Um, and it's a losing team. We've had losing seasons for how many years? Six, is it? Seven? Um, you know, so look, I, as I said, I didn't want to get too down on it. I do still regard this as something as a free hit for Sean Payton. Um, but, you know, they, they absolutely have to beat the commanders. I saw a little bit of it on the red zone column. They're not great. Like the Arizona Cardinals will probably be in a strange position unless they make a trade of having picks one and two in the draft next year. So that's kind of the caliber of what we're looking at. And, you know, the commanders beat them, I think, was it 2016? And, um, you know, and that they were involved in a sort of a ding-dong battle with the uh, the Cardinals for most of the game. So, you know, you're not dealing with the great, you know, we're not dealing with one of the, the, the NFL sort of um, giants here. Um, but then again, the Raiders are garbage as well and we lost to them. So maybe, you know, we got a lot of that stuff out of our system against the Raiders because he'd expect to be better. I think Javante Williams hopefully getting that game over his belt. He didn't look like Javante Williams, let's be honest, but I suppose he couldn't really. Um, but we are relying on him. Peter Ryan looks like what Peter Ryan has always looked. He's a decent player, good at catching the ball. He's you know he's a good blocking back, but Peter Ryan's not running for 120, 140 yards. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, maybe Jerry Judy coming back home. Uh, he's questionable for the weekend. He might do. But now Dulcich is gone for, I think, a minimum of three to four weeks. Um, you know, so there's, you know, we, we see Dulcich was the one tight end you felt that could stretch a team. The other guys are, you know, you're kind of more traditional sort of blocking tight ends who are good for five, six yards here or there. But like, if you look at that pass that I can't remember the name of the tight end who caught it, you know, but he was tackled well by the Raiders defender and um, short of the first down uh, in a key moment. But, you know, you look at that and you kind of go, Dulcich breaks that tackle. Dulcich probably gets an extra 10, 15 yards on top of that. He's gone now. So we really, 
you know, we don't have anybody to come in and sort of to, to, to replicate what he does. So to me, that's another piece of an already, frankly, you know, dull offense, uh, another spark potentially is gone. So I expect us to eke out a win column. I think it will be a frankly dreadful game of football. Um, but I expect we'll have enough to beat a very, very poor commander's team. I, I believe we should have, and I hope that we will get the the win. And I think, you know, Sean Payton, as you said, it was a, been a while. I, I hope that he learns from some of the errors. My, cons- my real concern is because there were more signs of life in the offense that there, than there were in the defense. And anyone who has listened to this podcast for even more than probably 10 minutes will know my feelings about Vance Joseph and bringing him back and uh, what uh, an error I felt that was. Um, I, I, I have concerns uh, about, you know, how that will play out over the course of the, the season. Uh, I, I think this will be a slugfest between two teams that, you know, it's in some ways the commanders have better weapons, right? If if we had, if Russell Wilson had Scary Terry and Dotson, um, then, then it would probably be in a better place. I, I hope Jerry Judy can get back on the field um, because we, we desperately need um, him out there. Um, but we have to remember that Judy has flashed at times we have yet to see it done consistently um and I, I think the lack of speed is one of the most significant issues um i i hope zach allen can be a disruptive force again we we saw him flash during the game but we absolutely need to see more from our edge rushers that that simply has to happen um and and we need the defense to be able to get off the the field on third down. I think the way in which the schedule fell meant that it was a a relatively, you know, benign opening. And we need to be one and one because the the kind of tough stretch of of games is coming. Now, obviously, the Jets game has taken on a, a different dimension with the confirmation that Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. And you hate to see anyone uh, go down with, with an injury, uh, no matter who they, they are. And it, it's a shame. You want you want to test yourself against the, the best players, but there's still an, an, awful, a lot of, an awful lot of tough games in there and the, the Chiefs kind of two games at the bounce. Yeah, and one of the other things I could call him was that absolutely you're dead right to that judge game clearly will be an easier game that, than it might have been, you know, with Aaron Rodgers playing. But you look at, say, the Browns and you kind of go, you know, that was a game I probably would have thought, yeah, should be should be okay. And now you're kind of going, like, the Browns played very, very well against the Bengals. I don't know. You know, we'll see how they go in week two. But that's a game now that no longer is as uh, straightforward as it probably looked like preseason. So this these things kind of tend to shift as the season goes on, you know. Because, um, you know, look, we've spoken about Deshaun Watson before he still has talent and obviously he struggled last year after being out for so long but the worst signs of him putting it back together um, and you know he's a dangerous proposition and that Cleveland they they have had good players on that team for some time you know Miles Garrett is a 
wrecking ball. You know, he's right up there, one of the very, very best defenders in the NFL. So, yeah, and, and like the Jets still, you know, they still did beat the Bills without Aaron Rodgers. There are a lot of good players on that team. Um, so, you know, we, as you said, we have to win this game. We have to go one and one you know, all into two after, after this, that, that starts, as you called up the nine, absolutely. Um, that, that's disastrous. That was, it was very, very disappointing to lose against the Raiders, lose against the commanders on top of that. And we're staring into the abyss already, Colin. Place we have been so many times, <laughs> so many years. I, I'm just looking here and, and one of the interesting things, um, it's just popped up is around air yards and quarterbacks attempting passes of 15 or, or more air yards. And, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, had only had two of those. The only QBs with less were uh, Desmond Ritter and, and Zach Wilson, two QBs, I suppose. Wilson notorious for turning the ball over last year and, and ultimately why the, the Jets decided to go with Rodgers and Desmond Ritter who had you know his entire job and he's talked about himself the, uh, in the, the off season was my job is not to turn the ball over I, I have Bijan I have Tyler Algier I have Drake London I have Kyle Pitts he's a veritable army of weapons and his whole piece is to not turn the, the ball over. So I'm not surprised that they were the ones who were dinking and, and dunking. But I thought what was interesting, so Russell Wilson's, uh, air, like the air yards, he only attempted it almost just about 6%, whereas Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was over 15%. And Jimmy, uh, of his, his four attempts, he completed three of them. Um, to a, to a tongue of Iloa, unsurprisingly, tops it out given the weapons at, at his disposal. Um, yeah, but I think, Carlo, I think that speaks as well to the fact that, you know, one of the defenses that I saw quite frequently um, online at Russell Wilson's performance through the night was that, you know, he had the top five QBR amongst AFC quarterbacks that started last week. And you're kind of going, yeah, but he had 16 points. And as you said, clearly he was dinking and dunking, particularly in the second half. Now, I don't know if that was... Wilson's faults entirely or I don't know if it was partially Sean Payton but to me the Broncos seemed to go incredibly conservative in the second half and really early in the second half as well I mean look you know one of the things I think we need to be fair and I speak of myself in particular is I thought Russell Wilson looked really good and really like the old Russell Wilson on the two touchdown passes column I thought that was what we thought we were going to get you know when you see him scrambling extending plays looking for the risk you know I thought Particularly the uh, the the second touchdown, I thought that was that was vintage Russell Wilson, and I thought that was going to be the spark that we were going to see him continue that in the second half against a porous Raiders secondary. Let's be honest. Um, so I was surprised with an awful lot of the play calling. Um, and I I just as I said, I thought we went conservative really really early. And um, another thing, Colin, um, Max Crosby, my God, just I mean I I think he only got two sacks. Look, you know. I, I liked McGlinchey pickup um, because I thought he was one of the better right tackles on the market, but I just, you know, it, it's getting to the stage now where you, you might need to triple team Max Crosby when he comes to town because that guy just wreaked havoc. And, and it didn't necessarily completely show up on the stat sheet, even though two sacks is a really good performance in any NFL game. But two, two sacks was a poor return for the kind of performance he had. He destroys us. He destroys our offensive line every time he plays against us. 
Yeah, it's funny, the recurring characters who pop up uh, every now and again. Um, yeah, look, I, I mean, the hope is that things can only get better from here. The, the other thing on, on Russ, because he did look better at times, right? But what it did bring to mind was they kept bringing up in commentary and things I've seen says how Russell Wilson lost more than 15 pounds. How was Russell allowed to to be in a position that that he had 15 pounds to lose? And and why wasn't this not being screened from the rooftops last year? I mean, it, it's it's quite something uh, to me. Like if you're uh, if you're a dedicated, if you're supposed, if your aim is to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Which we know Russ cares about his legacy because clearly he's adapted it this year, so he does. How did you ever think you were going to get away? Like fifteen pounds, you know, <laughs> that's more than the stone. That's serious weight. Um. And and just what was going on and has that been cleared out and, and what's the situation with injuries? I think there are still lots of questions. Maybe in the fullness of time, uh, we will get some answers to some of those questions. Um, for now, I guess the hope is that things will improve under uh, Sean Payton, that we will be back, you know, at 500 after a win over the Commanders. But the Raiders game showed us that you can't take anything for granted. You, you have to go out there and we are going out against an experienced coaching staff as well, like Ron and Eric Bien-Ami. Um Plenty of experience there. And Chase Young. Is he, go- is he going to be back? I mean, I know he's been very contact, but... 50-50 Colin, what's the latest? She's 50-50 for the game. Okay. To be out. If Mike Crosby had a good game, but you see what Tracy over offensive much. Well, see, fingers crossed they they do shore things up, and that you know we we will get better. I mean, you, you got you've got to you got to give it time, and it as you said, it is something of a free hit. Uh, Stuart, we will leave it there uh, for this week. Thank you for taking the time to join me. You can find Stuart on Twitter slash X uh, at PurpleHeartTC. I am across social media at Cullum from Cork. Um, there are lots of other podcasts on the My Eye Report network. You can check those out. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please do rate, review and subscribe or just tell somebody uh, that, that word of mouth can make a, a real difference and it helps people to find us. Stuart, for the uh, se- second time this season, hopefully it'll be more effective. Go Broncos. Broncos.